The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about privacy and what the FCC is doing about it. That's the Federal Communications um, Commission. And so this is a little bit of a different uh, approach. We've heard a lot about the Federal Trade Commission. We've heard a lot about the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. So this is really going to be fascinating to hear uh, a new federal agency that's taking privacy seriously. Let me tell you about our wonderful guest. Actually, I had read his article called How to Stay Out of the FCC's Way in the Privacy Advisor, as you uh, we've talked before, um, with about the International Association of Privacy Professionals, and I'm a CIPP, and this wonderful article appeared, and I thought this would be great to, to actually talk with our guest, who is coming to us all the way from Washington, D.C. this morning. His name is Stephen M. Ruckman, and he is a senior associate in the Washington, D.C. office of Buckley Sandler, LLP. He's an attorney, and his practice focuses on privacy, cyber risk, mobile payments, and data security, as well as federal and state investigations and enforcement actions. And he represents companies on a wide range of issues, including consumer protection, internet policy, and the law, and data protection, data breaches, and compliance programs. Prior to joining Butler Sandler, Uh, Mr. Ruckman was a senior policy advisor at the Federal Communications Commission's Enforcement Bureau, so he knows a lot about the FCC. In that capacity, he advised the Bureau Chief on enforcement issues in the areas of consumer protection privacy and Internet policy, and he provided guidance on the privacy and data security components of the Commission's new open Internet order, which we're going to learn about. And uh, before joining the FCC, Stephen spent five years as an assistant attorney general at the Maryland Attorney General's Office, where he was first director of the office, the office's Internet Privacy Unit. And the unit played a leading role in several multi-state investigations into practices that threaten consumer online privacy. So there's a lot more about him that you can find out at Buckley 
sandler.com but i want to get started and also you can find out and see his picture and his bio and link to his url at www.kuci.org slash privacy piracy so thank you so much for joining us steve thanks for having me well this was a great article by the way and very insightful Interesting that uh, you came from the FCC. We hear so much about in the privacy community about you know all these uh, enforcement actions with the Federal Trade Commission, but we really haven't heard too much about the FCC until lately. So I understand, you know, as we talked about before, you were with the FCC's Enforcement Bureau. Can you talk a little bit about how in the world the FCC's role got into privacy issues? Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Uh, you know, I think it's the FCC's story is, is an interesting one because it's actually one of few federal agencies that um, has had a strong privacy and data security protections on the books for quite some time that are pretty specific, um, at least when it relates to the entities that it regulates. Um, but privacy as an issue, I think, has moved to the forefront of the Commission's thinking um, in the last year more than it has in pre- previous years. Um, but let me just talk a, for a minute about what those authorities are that the FCC has, uh, because I do think a lot of your listening audience might not actually know um, what the FCC does in this space. Title II of the Communications Act, um, w- which governs a lot of the enforcement and regulatory action by the Commission, ensures that telecom carriers are protecting the confidentiality of proprietary information of and relating to customers. Uh, and that includes things like contact information, usage, and location data, um, all issues that are pretty hot for consumers right now in terms of trying to figure out you know, how well they're protected. And Title II also has rules um, under a provision known as Section 222 that put obligations on carriers to uh, protect individually identifiable proprietary information. It's, it's known as CPNI, or, or Confidential Proprietary Network Information. So we, we've had these, these rules on the books for some time, um, and the CPNI rules in particular, they have been revised from time to time, but they have pretty strong protections that are placed on carriers um, that include obligations to notify law enforcement of any breach of CPNI um, and let their customers know about their own ability to restrict the use and disclosure of their CPNI um, prior to making any sort of business solicitation. And then, of course, the FCC has... Um, what's known as Section 201B authority, which gives it the ability to investigate unjust or unreasonable practices by carriers with respect to consumer privacy. And that authority, I would um, say, is similar to the FTC's authority under Section 5, um, which, as you know, allows the FTC to investigate unfair or deceptive acts or practices. So, you know, it has these range of tools, um, and they apply under Title II to phone companies, but the FCC also regulates um, satellite and cable companies under other provisions and has some similar authorities there. So, you know, as a player in this space, it's had the ability to be engaged for quite some time, um, but in, in recent years, I think it's been taking actions that have gotten more notice. Yeah. You know, I wonder, did they testify on this whole you know, the, the changes with the NSA uh, spying <laughs> using the, the telecom community. I mean, were they testifying on this, that new bill that passed 
um, with regard to the Edward Snowden disclosures? I mean, because that here, you know, they're they're supposed to be protecting privacy, but here, all of this was an, another federal agency kind of usurping them, right? Well, it's interesting. I, you know, there's two pieces to the privacy story. If you're a regulator, one is you know what what's happening at, at, in private companies and how are they protecting personal information, but the other, of course, is how are governments protecting or using personal information. And because the FCC does regulate, um, you know, the use of wireless transmissions and how data is protected, they have have been called to testify on these issues. Um, and I think as recently as last summer they had testified um, about, you know, the different types of privacy issues that are raised by different forms of wireless surveillance. Yeah, I think that was a, a, a tough place for them to be. <laughs> Because, um, you know, on one hand, they're trying to protect the government. On the other hand, they're trying to protect consumer privacy. So it just, uh, it's interesting. Um, so you've, you've talked about phone companies. We talk about, you know, the FCC is, has uh, jurisdiction over phone companies and cable companies, satellite companies. Um, but that's all under their jurisdiction. With the open Internet order, um, do Internet companies now fall in this privacy jurisdiction, too? Um, it, that's the way it appears, absolutely. Uh, you know, the Open Internet Order, it's a fascinating order. It has a long um, legal history with, with court challenges, of course. Um, and, but, you know, a lot of the FCC, um, as the, the Bureau Chief likes to say, communications is its middle name, and um, there's a lot of communications that takes place online. And so the Commission has been grappling with what are its obligations and what are its responsibilities in this area. And the open Internet order that was released earlier this year um, makes a, a change um, f- for the commission in that whereas it had been previously trying to regulate uh, broadband Internet access providers through existing regulations and through other areas of its authority, it now brought um, pieces of the Internet economy under Title II, which is what it uses to regulate phone companies, and a lot of the attention on that debate was on net neutrality and, you know, would there be fast lanes? What would the FCC bless um, in terms of business practices on the Internet and what wouldn't it? But what I think was missed um, was what would that mean for privacy, given that the FCC has this existing authority to enforce um, consumer privacy in other areas. And what I found fascinating about the order was that it, it makes clear um, that all the previous tools that I mentioned above, Sections 201 and 202 and 202, 222, which is entitled Privacy of Customer Information, all of those are among the provisions of Title II that will be applied now to broadband providers, customer-facing broadband providers. Um, they also mentioned that the rules for CPNI, that, that individually identifiable customer information, um, would likely be revised um, to apply as well. Those are not enforced currently. Um, for Internet companies, partly because they're so phone-specific and the Commission needs to take some time to think about how to adapt them for the Internet space. But that means that more regulation is coming. So the Open Internet Order really does um, open up a new space for privacy enforcement. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's hard for large companies, thinking that they have to worry about the FTC's enforcement and the FCC and also... Because most companies are online, right? They're, they're, they have Internet 
I don't know if they would be subject to it, or is it just the internet service providers? Would companies also be subject to um, the FCC and their, com- you know, the communications that they're having with consumers? It's really geared at um, companies that provide internet service. Okay, just the providers. Uh, yeah, okay. you know, Comcast, Time Warner. Um, you know, but, but one interesting wrinkle, of course, is that a lot of phone companies. Um, are now merging with internet companies, and so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of companies may be adding internet provision to their portfolio. Um, so to the extent that they're providing broadband access to consumers, this is another um, regulator that they're going to want to pay attention to. Right. So when, um, so is there anyone when you've got the FCC and the and the FTC? Um, who's going to be the one, the leading one? I mean, it, does that become a problem when when you have um, maybe an enforcement action by both of them? I mean, do they do they combine them? Do they do their own thing? What what happens? Yeah, I think that, um, both agencies, you know, view themselves as having complementary um, uh, authority. You, you know, they although they seem like big agencies, they really still are pretty resource strapped. So. Um, you know, I think they'll be pursuing their own areas. And this, the area of communications um, is, is one that, because it has been traditionally regulated by the FCC, I think it'll, be, it'll continue to be regulated in that way in the privacy space. Um, and when you read about enforcement actions involving phone carriers, for example, generally speaking, uh, the ones, uh, the, you know, the agency that is behind those is the FCC. So I think both agencies are going to be very active. Um, they just may be pursuing different types of companies. Yeah. So, yeah, you talk about this in your in your privacy article, how to stay out of the FCC's way. So how do you think the FCC will police the Internet privacy? I mean, how do you think they're going to do that? Well, yeah, I think that um, they've been dropping clues, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But I think, um, as I said in my article, that they will be – looking at three key areas for now, at least until the new CP&I rules are issued for broadband providers, and then they'll be looking into other areas there. Um, one is, you know, they're going to be asking, uh, are these companies meeting basic standards for privacy protection? Um, and this is something that they mentioned in, a, in an enforcement advisory that they issued um, in late May. And in that advisory, they said, you know, until new rules are issued on CP&I, um, they'll be looking to see whether broadband providers are taking what they say is reasonable, good faith steps to comply with Section 22, 222, rather than focusing on technical details. Mm. Um, and so, you know, they're going to be looking at reasonableness. I think reasonableness, which is a, a, a guide for a lot of state regulators uh, under state um, unfair and deceptive acts and practices laws, will be something that the FCC will be using as well. Um, the second issue, I think, is that they're going to be asking, you know, are these companies monitoring how their third-party partners uh, and their own employees are accessing customer information? These are two areas um, that get a lot of attention in the privacy space, as you know. And last fall, the FCC brought an enforcement action against a pair of phone companies um, for what appeared to be what they allege to be a breach of customer information at a third-party vendor for those companies. So they're definitely looking beyond just what the company's doing at HQ, and they're looking at its relationship with its vendors and how carefully it's making sure that data that it passes between different vendors is getting protected. And then I think the third area that they're going to be looking at, the third question they're going to be asking is, 
you know, what are companies that provide uh, broadband access saying to their customers about their privacy practices. Um, and again, on this one, part of my thinking here comes from their enforcement advisory. And in there, they said that the Bureau intends that broadband providers should imply effective privacy protections, quote, in line with their privacy policies. Right. And so they're definitely going to be looking at that to see, you know, do those things match up. Right, right. So the third-party vendors, um, so the, the, I would imagine all of the contracts, which probably was the same before, but now it's going to be even more stringent to have indemnification with these third-party vendors that if they violate, that they can go after them if <laughs> if the FCC comes after them and, and really have much more stringent contracts between themselves and vendors. Isn't that going to happen? I definitely think a yeah, much more stringent um, contract review is going to need to happen if it's not happening already, um, you know, for the reasons you just mentioned. And, and I also think these contracts, a lot of companies now are going to want to be uh, making sure that as a condition of doing business with the company, the, the third party maintains certain cybersecurity and privacy standards um, to, to help the, the main company avoid getting into this mess in the first place. Oh, boy, cyber insurance is really going to grow even more, huh? <laughs> I, I have a feeling that cyber insurance will definitely continue to grow. Yeah. Now, with regard to um, reasonableness, um, is reasonableness going to mean encryption for everything? What, is, what does it mean to be reasonable? What are, the, what are some of the best practices that, that these companies are going to have to incorporate into their, into their practice? Well, I think that's a real challenge. I think that's... Um, one trouble with using reasonableness as a standard is that it's unclear what then gets defined as unreasonable. Um, but based on looking at prior enforcement actions from the FCC, I think we're really talking about basic protections. And encryption is certainly something that um, the FCC is looking for for customer data that's at rest. Um, and then access controls, uh, you know, who's able to, who at the company is able to view that information. Um, that's how some other companies have gotten into trouble. But I do think that this is a tricky area. And, and as you know, best practices change um, right, as right. technology changes. Right. Uh, so I think companies need to be on guard. But I, I will say, um, you know, to, to give a note of hope for companies that are worried about this, that from what I've seen and from my past experience, you know, the FCC is, is going after companies that are, um, failing to meet standards that I think all of us would uh, already be working to have in place um, at our client companies. So it's, you know, there, there is a lot, of, unfortunately, there is a lot of low-hanging fruit out there, as they say, um, and that's the initial focus. Yeah, they're going to have to give some guidelines as to what's reasonable, you know? I mean, I, that's right, and they did say in their recent um, enforcement advisory that they would be offering guidance, um, and they also encouraged companies to contact them with questions before moving into a new um, line of business mm-hmm. under their purview. Right. I mean, because you have to have some notice on what is reasonable. And then the other thing with companies and um, what the third one, which was saying, tell, what are these companies telling the consumers that are, that are the users? And, um, you know, this is one thing even for our people who are driving by our companies, we have to realize that if you're going to put a privacy policy on your website or have pi- privacy policies, you're going to be held to that standard, Right. That's right. Yeah, I, and um, 
those consumer-facing disclosures, it's just so important to get those right and to make sure that um, the company is actually doing what it's saying it's doing in those policies because I think that's where a lot of um, companies get into trouble. Right. They say we protect everything. <laughs> we encrypt everything. We won't let anybody get your data. And then, of course, then they get a security breach letter or something like that. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, from past experience as a state um, regulator, I can tell you that one of the first things that regulators ask for when they open uh, an investigation that, that seems to be about, um, you know, failures to protect personal information, is one of the first things they ask for is your privacy policies. Yes. Um, if they haven't read them already. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something that's important to get yeah, right. Yeah, because some people will just do a, a boilerplate privacy policy, and then later they go, oh, we were really supposed to comply with that? <laughs> right. Well, we are speaking this morning with Stephen Ruckman, who is a senior associate in the Washington, D.C. office of Buckley Sandler, LLP. And his focus practices, his uh, practice focuses, excuse me, on privacy risk and mobile privacy and all the important aspects of privacy. And he has an incredible background from previously working for the Federal Communications Commission in their enforcement action. So that's that's a real uh, help to to companies to have somebody who's an insider who knows what they're doing and knows what the what the concerns are of the FCC. So let's talk about the recent enforcement, the, the big one with, um, let's see, you had written about that, the big one, which was the $25 million settlement with AT&T. Let's talk about that one. Sure, yeah, in that case, um, you know, involved call centers um, and employee access at those call centers or, you know, alleged access um, to sensitive um, customer information. And, you know, this, is a, this case is a perfect example of how the FCC is um, really focused on not just privacy, but data security. Right. And, um, you know, what they, they took issue with, with the data security practices at um, AT&T. And, you know, it's, it's a major, um, major dollar figure for the Federal Communications Commission. Um, but, it's, but it follows on the heels of this other case that I mentioned, uh, which is you know called Terracom. Right. And that's one where they issued a notice of apparent liability, essentially, um, you know, a, a notice of a possible fine. And that was only ten million. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, those, those two companies um, involved in that investigation are smaller, of course. Um, and, but I, but I also think you know there there are different facts at play in each of those, but. Both of these, are, you know, show um, a strong interest from the FCC and in in not just looking at what's happening with what con- consumers are saying about their privacy, um, but just how that information is being um, secured and maintained and, and what are the cybersecurity um, practices at the companies that they're looking at. Right. So we have companies that are driving by, and I know that the the concerns that we're talking about are, are relevant to other entities that are not regulated by the FCC. Let's talk about, really, what companies can do to ensure that they're going to invo- avoid inquiries from the FTC or the FCC. What are some of the things that they need to do with regard to privacy and data security? Sure, and, and of course... I can't offer legal advice, but I will give no, you... No, no, no. You just can <laughs> I some ideas. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, here's some, some general thoughts. Um, you know, I think number one is just know how your customer's sensitive data is kept private and secure. 
as a former regulator, I have been surprised um, in prior investigations to, to find out that um, a company is n not even aware of, of all the different types of data it may be collecting about its customers. Right. Um, some of these, you know, some of these investigations have made the papers. Many others have not. But there is a, a view um, among a lot of, especially younger companies that are just learning how to monetize the data they collect, that we should collect first, ask questions later. Right. Um, and yep. And unfortunately, um, while that may be innovative, and it's, it, it definitely opens up a lot of risk. So I think, you know, first and foremost, just know what you're collecting and how you're keeping it private and secure. Um, you know, another tip is, you know, make sure that you're monitoring how your employees and third-party partners are accessing um, sensitive data. Um, and this includes, I think, testing of your existing cybersecurity framework just to see, you know, what type of access is possible uh, if, you, if your company has that kind of capability. Um, and then, as you and I talked about a few minutes ago, you're checking to make sure that you know what you're disclosing to consumers. Uh, there, uh, there was a case that I was involved with um, in the attorney general space involving um, Google, and it's, and it's publicized, you know, it, it, um, what Google was doing with cookies uh, on web browsers and Part of the issue in that case was um, one of the web pages that Google maintained that was consumer-facing and what it said about its practices with regard to cookies on that one page. Now, Google is a giant company. Right. Um, it maintains heaven knows how many pages of information for its customers. Um, but but it's you know it's, if you're going to put information out there um, and you're going to make representations to your customers, you need to know what it says. Right. And just some practical tips two practical tips. One is listen to your customers. Um, I think that there's a lot of smart people in, in the business world who have a great handle on uh, what they're doing to protect customer privacy, but if they're getting complaints from customers that suggest that the customers don't think so, um, listen to them and see what you can do to be responsive to that um, and to make sure you what you think you're doing for privacy matches what consumers want you to be doing or, or what they want to understand that you're doing. And then also just don't collect more information than you need to provide the services you offer, something that, you know, in the, in the business we call data minimization. Right. And, and like you said before, limit who has access, you know, and get rid of stuff that, you know, totally delete and get rid of stuff you don't use anymore because that that's another problem is just getting rid of that data because if it's sitting around somewhere, someone else can get access to it, the bad guys, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there's a whole set of laws on how to get rid of that information. And just, yeah, you want to make sure that you when you do it, that you do it securely. Right. It doesn't turn up somewhere else. Or you don't sell it if your company goes into bankruptcy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've been watching what's been happening with Radio Shack. Yes, yes, that's yeah. what was on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've heard that before. Well, we only have about two minutes. Um, let me just ask you one, and I know this you could probably talk forever on this, but what privacy issues do you really see coming on the horizon that re regulators are going to zero in on in the future? I, you know, there are, there are two areas that I really think are going to get a lot of attention um, and have already started to get attention. Um, one is, is this idea of third-party protections, and, and we've mm -hmm. talked about that, so I, you know, I won't go into that too much further. But I do think that because um, we have so much ability to outsource things and store things on the cloud, 
um, and it's becoming routine for a business to have partners that, that maintain some of its data, that's going to be an area to watch. Um, but a, another one is mobile payments. Yes. Oh, gosh. Big issue, and, and there's, it's a very competitive space for industry, and so there are companies trying to come up with new mobile payment platforms that will become the de facto mobile payment platform. But um, in that competition, there is so much risk around how are you securing um, the, you know, these payment transactions uh, when you're introducing these new payment methods. And then also uh, related to that, what, how transparent are you, be, are you being with customers about um, the way they're getting billed? Uh, you know, one example, right. um, which is not directly about privacy necessarily, but has a lot of privacy uh, undertones, is cramming. And we've seen some record-setting cramming um, settlements. Mm. And, you know, cramming is this practice of basically sneaking charges on right. calls. But the more we pay by phone the more likely it is that uh, customers may not be, always be aware of what exactly they're paying for. Um, and it will raise questions about what information about these customers are third parties getting. Yes, and and will it be covered by the Fair Credit Billing Act, which I really doubt as well. So we right. got a lot of stuff coming up, but we are out of time. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Stephen Ruckman. You're doing a terrific job. And will you just give your website, and it's time to go. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. And, yeah, the website for my law firm is, is www.buckleysandler.com, B-U-C-K-L-E-Y-S-A-N-D-L-E-R.com, and you can learn all about our privacy, cyber risk, and data security practice there. Great. And just you stay in touch, okay? And we'll love to have you back again. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy and write us about what your concerns are with privacy in the information age. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.